and welcome back to Silly Breakfast, the weekend edition. Um, this is just me and Tyler today. John is uh, a little busy, but we will let him or we will discuss that at a further date on why he is busy. Uh, some people might know that are listening. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. But we're going to dive right into what you got. So what you got, Tyler? So what I got this week is returning to your alma mater. So on Monday, I'm, I'll be driving down to Amherst for a work event and uh, at, at UMass. And I'm really looking forward to going back and seeing what the campus is like when it's full. I've only been back once since 2009. And it was this past, not this past summer, but the summer before that, uh, for a friend of ours wedding with you. And uh, the campus seems very eerie in the summer when nobody's there. So I'm really excited to see what it's like when people are actually walking around. And, uh, you know, I think when I drove around a little bit, everything looks a little different, but it will be exciting. Uh, I'll be spending Monday night there and you can rest assured that I'll be uh, I'll be ordering some wings and uh, and watch Monday night football. Nice. Love it. Love it. I've only, been, I've only been back, uh, I think twice since college and uh both times were in the summer so it was completely dead it was both for weddings Hardy's yeah. wedding and then uh houston's wedding that's the only times i've been back to umass i think uh since college and yeah it's it's absolutely dead in the summer so um it'll be fun to see what what, what do you have to say about like the campus being a little active and stuff like that yeah i'll be interested to i think that the plus side of going in the summer is that all the places that you want to go to won't have lines. Now, if I wanted to go get Bueno or something, then uh, I'll probably be waiting in a 15 person line and be, be cursing the day. But I just think it's so much fun to, to walk around the campus and see it be vibrant again and try to, and remember it that way, as opposed to you drive down, you dr drive down the, the main drag there and, and uh, you're on campus drive and, and nobody's around at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me and Tyler were talking about going to a game this year, but maybe we'll have to do that next year. We are, I think we just have too busy of a fall. Yeah. Uh, we have some other plans, but um, I think, I, I think I'd like to get to a, a football game out there, you know, one of these years and uh, you could do a little silly breakfast out there maybe, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So my, what you got is I had a lovely day in Boston yesterday. So I had work yesterday, obviously. Um, I went to the office, had some meetings, and then had to do some will calls, um, which if you don't know what a will call is, that is when you personally deliver, um, you know, an order to an account. Um, but I, I work in the city, so I had to personally will call some, uh, some cases to an account. And then I decided I'm going to just go to the park because I have some time to kill because I'm going to a concert that night. I go, I find a parking spot in a side street, a two hour, two hour zone, no meter. Um, I decide I'm just going to chance it. Cause it, you know, you have till six, I get there. I park around two. I'm like, I bet no one's going to ticket me in four hours. Uh, so I just chance it for the night and I, I did succeed. No ticket. It was awesome. So I got free parking in Boston, which is so hard to do. What a win. It was such a win. Um, so yeah, I went to, 
uh, the park and I had a frozen lemonade and I talked to my brother on the phone. It was a you know, nice little conversation, just lovely day. And then I saw the movie uh, Dumb Money, which was fine. Uh, the performances were solid for the most part. Like it's a, it's a really good cast. Paul Dano is definitely the only one that really fully works in the movie, in my opinion, just because the dialogue is so forced seeming just because of like the subject matter of like, just like kind of Reddit talk. Um, the whole diamond hands thing and like, just like that, all, all that bullshit yeah. from the wall street bets thing. Paul Dano was the only one that could pull it off. Cause he actually looks like a nerd. Um, so he was, he was great in it. Um, it was a good cast in general, not a great movie, but it was, it was fine. And uh, then I went to a hardcore show for the first time. in I don't know how long, I don't know the last time I went to a, like a true hardcore show. And I had a blast. I think the last time I went to a hardcore show was like Touche Amore and Military Gun and Scowl like four or five years ago. And this was an amazing show. So I saw Fiddlehead. I'm wearing their shirt right now. Fiddlehead is kind of like a hardcore, post-hardcore band. Um, And it's actually kind of cool. The singer is actually a school teacher in Massachusetts. Like he has a full, like the whole band has a full-time job. I think the drummer is like a psychiatrist or something like that. (laughs) Like, like they're like full-time, you know, job people that just have a, this awesome, amazing band. Like for, for me, they're one of the best bands in the world right now. And they proved it live. They had so much energy. It's so funny thinking of this school teacher, Pat Flynn, um, as a school teacher because he is a maniac live he has so much energy the singer and he's just absolutely wild live and it was kind of cute he um he called out uh a bunch of his former students were there and he and he uh made note of that at the show so he he got to like perform in front of former students of his which is really cool and uh it's funny being at a hardcore show because like the main crowd is all young people it's like all young people and the back of the room is all people my age. Cause like <laughs> fiddlehead, they're all like my age. They're all like yeah. in their thirties, forties. And uh, that's where all of us were. We were just hanging in the back while the pit is absolutely nuts. Like I took some video, people were stage diving. It was absolutely insane. I, there was this like 40 year old, like six foot six guy um, that was going into the pit. He was this lanky, like six foot six guy. He must have been, he looked like he was 40 years old and he was going wild in the pit. It was so friggin' funny. Um, but awesome show overall. The openers were cool. Um, this band praise that I like was great. And, uh, there was this one band that looked like they were teenagers and they had a, a female singer and she was pretty badass. Like she was like true, like straight edge, hardcore, like straight up straight edge, hardcore. Um, just fun, fun show overall, but uh, yeah, that was my lovely day in Boston. I got home. The, sh- the show was over by nine thirty. That's like That's the awesome. best thing about hardcore shows is there's like five bands. Like the first two bands played fifteen minute sets. Yeah, because they also don't take a whole lot of time to set up. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was a really fun night. I can't wait to go to more hardcore shows. Uh, my next show is uh, Explosions in the Sky, um, a week from Sunday. And I am very excited for that because their new album is absolutely amazing. That's awesome. So how how does this guy tour? Uh, do they just do it in the summer? They tour in the summer. And I think they're just touring. Like their CD release shows, I think they're just doing on the weekends. Like around the country. 
Um, or he's just, I don't know if maybe he, like, I think he's been a teacher for a long time. So he might have like a bunch of like days off, like saved. Yeah. So he might be able to just take like two weeks off and just tour. That's, that's so funny. Like using your PTO or your, your like sick time. And then yeah. being a, a musician, they're like, you weren't sick these two weeks. You were in DC. Like, absolutely. yeah, you're in LA, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, they're just really good band. I highly suggest anyone check them out if you like kind of like post-hardcore music. Like if you like, you know, they definitely have a lot of roots from bands like uh, Fugazi and some like early emo, like Embrace and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's what we got first, what you got. And we're going to dive right into CFB. So I just want to kind of recap what happened last week a little bit. So BC almost upsets Florida State for the second time in like six years. I don't know if you remember six years ago, they destroyed Florida State when Florida State was highly ranked. Um, but BC couldn't stop shooting themselves in the foot. They had so many goddamn penalties. I think they have like 18 penalties in the game. If they just had like 10, they probably win that game. Um, the quarterback, then- so fun to watch. Can't remember his name, but he was just, he was reminiscent of a Florida State alum, Jameis Winston. Just oh yeah, yeah. Like making start with a C play. or something like that. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was all over the place. Yep. Um, and then uh, another big story was Bama barely sneaks by South Florida. You know, I mean, as t- Tyler had us, uh, you know, Tyler had bet Bama to, uh, you know, kind of right the ship last week, and they did not right the ship. They sit Milrow. And play two quarterbacks that were absolutely horrible. The Notre Dame kid, and then another kid. And they were awful. They were so bad that Milrow is back in the lineup this week because apparently he proved himself on the just bench uh, this week that he was, you know, he could lead the team. Um, Florida beats Tennessee. You know, that's that was awesome. Uh, you know, obviously an upset. A lot of people were high in Tennessee. I think – a lot of people's thoughts on Milton um, will change this week. A lot of people were high on him to start the year, but I think people are reverting back to where they were on him because he really struggled. Um, Iowa put up 41 points on Western Michigan, and we will get to that at a later at a later talk in this uh, thing because we're going to be talking about Iowa's this week. Um, UNC handles uh, Minnesota. Georgia kind of struggles a bit against South Carolina, but then just kind of dominate the second half. And of course, the game of the week was Colorado. Colorado State play a classic high scoring game where Colorado comes back and Shador has an amazing, amazing fourth quarter. Um, and of course, the Travis Hunter hit, which we can kind of touch on a little bit. Um, I just going to say it was a dirty hit, in my opinion. It was totally uncalled for, but the death threats against this kid are insane. You know, he's a college kid. What's not like Colorado fans should be sending death threats. I think um, uh, Sanders uh, handled it very classy saying he's like, you can put death threats against me, but you don't put it against like college kids. Like, you don't put it against these kids. He's like, he's like, I can handle the death threats. Not, not the, like, not these kids. Um, Do you have any thoughts on last week at all, Tyler? Well, I, I think just because of recency bias, I'll talk about the the Colorado Colorado State game. Uh, you know, and the fact that Deion Sanders has to come out and say, uh, "Give death threats uh, against me, but not against college kids," is insane. People shouldn't be giving death threats about football and specifically college football. It's absolutely insane and asinine. And the fact that Colorado 
is all of a sudden uh, the biggest college football fans in the country is is so strange. They were so bad for so long, and and you couldn't point out a Buffs fan from from a a hole in the wall. You know, they they just are they they were non-existent for the longest time. I think that when you think about that game, I, I believe that Colorado were twenty-one point favorites going into it. So really, that was the theme of the weekend, and and I think that it leads me kind of into my my big rant here is that uh, you know everyone seemed to disappoint. It was a down week all around. Everyone thought it was a, it was an apple picking weekend. It was the type of weekend that you don't watch college football and you go out and you do all the things you're supposed to do during the fall. But it ended up being a lot better than it looked like, and it was just sloppy football all around. All the favorites uh, were having troubles covering. Uh, you know they were they were kind of covering at the last minute. Nobody really looked all that impressive. It it was indicative of a college football playoff that picture that is is becoming blurrier by the moment. And you know my big rant: Alabama is dead. Saban dead. They're all dead to me. I've I hate Alabama. I hate everything about them. And I was agnostic if not a leaning towards disliking them just because of their continued success, that loss just, it it's absolutely the death of Alabama. You can't go into South Florida with all the talent that Alabama recruits, all the five stars on their roster, top to bottom, and just absolutely lay an egg like that. You, you can win by 14 and that's still a loss. You can't keep the game as close as it was. It, it it's absolutely the death of that program. And, you know, I, I, they are a do not touch for the rest of the season for me. I just think that any game is losable for them. And that's against everything that, that you might've thought about Alabama for the last 15 years. Yeah, totally. I hear you. Um, I want to point out a few teams that did take care of business. Um, a team that was kind of like, iffy to start the year a little bit, not iffy, iffy is a strong word, but uh, Ohio State took care of business. And then um, Michael Penix and Washington took care of business. Michael Penix should, in my opinion, be the Heisman favorite right now. Um, I believe Caleb Williams is still the betting favorite, Um, but Michael Penix should be the Heisman favorite. We'll talk about him this this week coming up. But uh, then uh, I believe um, Oregon took care of business. So Bo Nix and Oregon took care of business. So, you know, there's a few teams that took care of business, but you were right. It was a very down week, very down week for college football in uh, the, the elites in college football. Um, which brings us to an interesting week three, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, would you have something else to touch on? Yeah, I, I think that the college football betting odds for Heisman, um, I'd like to note. Uh, for the silly breakfast voter, uh, for the silly breakfast listeners, that Heisman odds have seemed to adjust. One person, uh, his odds have sa- stayed the same. Drew Alar, I, I don't think he'll win it. He's going to have to be really impressive down the stretch uh, for for him to even be in consideration. I still think he's one of the better quarterbacks in all of college football right now, and that's just how it how it relates to. Uh, potential in the NFL, but, uh, two people that, that I had and gave out at pretty high odds at 25 and 26 to one would be, uh, or 16 and, and 15 
to one odds, and that would be Drew, oh, not Drew Alar, uh, Quinn Ewers and and uh, Hartman, who plays today, and and Hartman can really solidify his Heisman candidacy with a win today. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we get to week three, though, I want to see. I I just want to do this every week. Who are you? Who's the playoff picture right now for you? Who is the top four for you? I I can't get uh, Texas one hundred percent, Georgia one hundred percent. The rest of the picture gets a little bit murky. I think that Florida State's going to come out and impress this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I, I think Florida State's in the mix. I think you got to keep Florida State just because they have arguably the best one of the season so far. Yeah, and I think that, and and in my eyes, the fourth position is is uncovered. I know I talked about USC, Notre Dame, Michigan, all of those teams. But really, I'm going to surprise you with this. I I think that that Penn State is their defense is so good. Yeah, but I, I actually I, I I I have the same first three as you. But I got Washington. Washington's offense is so goddamn good, and their defense is doing well too. Yeah. I mean, obviously they haven't played like super talent yet, and they'll get challenged today um, a little bit. But uh, I just I think Washington's offense and Michael Penix deserve that spot right now, just because they are just they, no no one is dominating as well as them right now. They are the most dominant team in football, um, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, when it comes and- to just pure wins. And and I think that it's safe to say that there will be a Pac-12 team in the college football playoff this year. I just have no goddamn idea who it could be. See, that's that's where I struggle sometimes with like the playoff picture down the line. Is that what do we see every year? Is that the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself? They a lot of them end up. Most of them end up one-loss teams or or more. So they could all cannibalize themselves by beating each other down the line and none of them make it, which would be a, such a bummer because the PAC 12 is so elite this year. So I, I do think that, that the voters will realize that the PAC 12 is so dominant this year In previous years, they were very top heavy. They'd have one or two teams that could, could compete for a college football playoff. It was usually the Oregon's, the USC's of the world, but then they would go undefeated and lose a, a crucial game to, Arizona State or some other dud out there and the voters couldn't do it but with how good all those teams are top to bottom that conference has to be the strongest in all of college football oh without a doubt I mean just between Oregon Washington USC and then like you know Washington State uh UCLA is playing well just I mean it's a it's a it's a great conference right now and I it's it's almost sad that like in obviously Colorado (laughs) um but uh it's kind of sad that uh, it's kind of over after this year. So, yeah, you got to think that Colorado isn't even in the top six in the Pac-12, and they are the the darling of the entire country right now in terms yeah. of college football. And you're you look at the the bottom that the bottom of the Pac-12 versus uh, the Big Ten. I think that the Big Ten last week just got very exposed Uh, at the mid level. You have a top end of Michigan, Ohio state, Penn Penn state, State. but, but below that Wisconsin was supposed to be good this year. I, I even threw them in a playoff. I threw a a future on, on them to make the college football playoff. They are hot garbage top to bottom. 
Yeah, they won last night, right? They they, they did win last night, right? Yeah, but they but just, yes, no, they they've struggled. They've struggled big time. And and you can't have a running back like Braylon Allen and still struggle against mediocre teams like they have. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's dive into week three a little bit. So just to uh, you know, some games to watch. Um, so that we'll talk about a little bit. Florida State, Clemson. Florida State is two and a half point favorites. I think me and Tyler are both on Florida State to cover that spread. Um, yeah. I think that this is a bounce back game for Florida State. Yeah, I agree. I I I think a lot of people are anticipating Clemson to like just do Clemson stuff and over and over like and just you know keep it close and do whatever. I think Florida State is going to dominate Clemson. I do not think Clemson is very good this year. Yeah, I think that that Clemson is doo doo this this year. They they will always get the respect because of how uh, because of the Dabo effect, but he just hasn't been good the last few years. He couldn't do it with DJU. He he was at his best when he had Tre- Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, and no duh. Yep. Um, another game to watch: uh, UCLA Utah. I think that's going to be a fun one. Utah is someone that we didn't even talk about in regards to the West Coast teams, but Utah is a good team and. Uh, well, I think they're favored. Um, are they at home? Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's at Utah. Um, that's that's a tough place to play. It's, yes, I agree. You got elevation. It's but and they have they have rabid fans. Utah has rabid fans. Yeah, those Mormons. They they uh, they, they avoid the caffeine and they they just yep. inject college football right into their yep. blood. They they they, 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 they soak they soak in the, the yeah. college football. <laughs> Yeah, they, they really soak in that atmosphere for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Ole Miss, Alabama. Alabama's seven-point favorites. I, I don't, I'm not sure Alabama should be seven-point favorites against anyone, but one of these games, Alabama just has to right the ship, right? I'm not betting that game. I am staying clear away from Alabama the rest of the year. I do not believe in that team. Um, and uh, Ole Miss is solid, so I, I don't know what to think of it. I just am staying away. I promise um, you, I will not bet an Alabama game for the rest of my life. I will <laughs> not. I will not. I'll watch them when they play in big games and they play against teams that I want to see, just so I can watch those teams beat the shit out of them. Yep. Um, then, uh, you know, one of the big games. Uh, speaking of Pac-12, Colorado, Oregon. I think that's at three thirty today. Um, Oregon is like twenty something point favorites. Uh, twenty one. I think twenty one point favorites. Yeah, a lot of people are picking Colorado to cover the spread. I noticed that because uh, the odds are one plus, uh, or minus one twenty for Colorado to cover the spread. So that means Colorado is a heavy favorite to uh, just cover the spread. Um, I think Oregon is going to dominate this game, but I don't like the spread in general, so I am staying away from that game. Um, I do like the under. And that might be the big bet of the day on TikTok because me and Tyler were talking about that before. It's 70 points. I Both these teams can put up points. I think Oregon's going to put up um, like 35 to 40. But I think Colorado is going to struggle against this Oregon defense. Do you, ha- do you, do you agree? I, I don't really know. I think that it's so hard to. I think Vegas is having a really hard time handicapping Colorado this year. You saw it game one when they played TCU. I believe there were 20 point dogs going into that week. The very next week, it, they were bet at the highest rate of any college football game ever. I believe of any football game ever, save the Super Bowls or something, maybe every college football game. 
And nobody seems to know what to do because everyone wants to put money on Colorado right now because they're so fun to watch and so exciting. Dion has reinvigorated the, the whole of college football. And I just, I just think that they put up points against Colorado State, but it was a struggle last week. They're missing their best, their best player on both sides. And I, I just think that the 70 and a half, this is going to be a lot harder fought game for both teams than they have played all year. And that includes the Colorado State game that, that they literally did fight. Last Colorado's week. defense is not good. What can we no, just, can we, they, they, the only game they played well against is Nebraska and Nebraska stinks. Yeah. And, and, stink and so I loud. just, and I just think that, that Oregon, this is one of their first big tests. So they're going to come out and play a little bit tight. It, I think Colorado does breed turnovers for whatever reason. Their corners are good. Maybe it's a defensive scheming, but they do tend to, to get turnovers. I mean, they have one of the best defensive players of all time <laughs> as their as, coach, so. Yeah, and, and he's specifically a DB, but yep. I just I just have a really hard time seeing them scoring 70 and a half. And, and it's one of those things where I, I feel like I'm betting against against what I'd like to watch, which is an absolute shootout between these teams, but I just don't see how that happens. Yeah, totally. All right, let's move on. So uh, a game that I just want to touch on because I want to hate watch this so bad is Iowa State is favored over Oklahoma State. Both teams are so bad. But like Oklahoma State lost to, uh, I think, an FCS school. Iowa State uh, lost, just got destroyed last – or not destroyed, but like they couldn't do anything against Ohio last week. Um, That was – I want to hate watch that game so bad. Um, Another fun game – I think is App State Wyoming because App State is just one of those teams that's just so scrappy and fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another really fun game of the day. One of my f- games that I most want to watch is Oregon State Washington State. Um, this is a game that I'm targeting Wazoo to cover the spread. They are plus three. I think I'm just going to pick a money line. Oregon State has a better defense. They have a much better rushing game, but Washington State has the QB in my opinion. I think mm-hmm. he's better than DJU Cam Ward. I think he's having an excellent year, and I think Washington State can win this game. Um, and then uh, another game that we'll talk about is Ohio State Notre Dame. Um, a lot of people are, are are taking Sam Hartman and Notre Dame to cover that spread. It seems um, it's three and a half. Notre Dame has a good defense. They have a great quarterback this year, better quarterback than Ohio State. But it's Ohio State versus Notre Dame. What I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. Ohio State's going to win this game, right? Like, I I know you disagree, but I I just I can't picture Ohio State losing to Notre Dame, even I in have, a down year. I have Notre Dame money line in this game, and here's why: I think that they have uh, the only position group where they are taking a big hit is going to be wide receiver. I think Marvin Harrison is the best player on the entire field. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, but, agreed. Uh, after that, it's it is a list of Notre Dame players and, and they aren't just better at QB. They are leaps and bounds better at QB. I don't think that McCord has anything. I think Ohio state is garbage at quarterback right now. And uh, this is, the but first do, does it matter has... when you have Marvin Harrison and like these receivers, like, like he, they're, they, 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 they can take a screen pass 70 yards to the bank, you know? Yeah. And, and, I do see that Ohio state 
seems to be able to recruit faster players than Notre Dame ever has. I think that I think that Notre Dame from from a coaching standpoint with Freeman being defensive focused, I think that this is I know that it feels like you're overthinking it and that Ohio State is just going to beat the shit out of Notre Dame, but I think this is the year that Freeman steals one. Hartman's Hartman is that guy in the the backfield. They have one of the best running backs in the country, and he is an absolute brute. And we've seen how Ohio State struggles when they just play when somebody plays bully ball. They haven't been able to beat Michigan for a few years. And if Notre Dame just pounds the ball down their throat and and does a you know play action, I think that they can control the pace of this game and not let uh, Ohio State get those explosive plays off as much. All right, you might have convinced me. I, I might be switching my bet. I haven't. I haven't put my bets in yet. I got some. I got. A, I got about two hours to do that. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other fun game of the day is the defensive battle between Iowa and Penn State. The total on this game is thirty-eight and a half. That is so low for college football, especially for two like good schools. But of course, Iowa not really known for putting up more than thirty points a game. Um, Penn State has obviously struggled um, to put up points a little bit, um, especially last week. But I think that total is way too low still. Iowa put up 41 points last week. Penn State should be able to put up some points against Iowa. I think a lot of people are picturing this game to be, you know, 17-13 or something like that. But I don't know. I just do like don't don't you just kind of feel like there's going to be more points than like the total says yeah that that is basically predicting close to a 20 to 20 game and and i believe that penn state's favored by seven points so you're looking at like a 28 to to uh 28 and a half to to 10 game or whatever it is yeah I I I think Iowa can score this year. I think they're just one of those teams that can actually sneakily score, like against like it's not the Iowa I know and love. You know, this is not the Iowa I know and love. Iowa doesn't put up forty one points. That's not the Iowa I want in my life. But I think they kind of are that team this year. And Penn State has a really good defense, but I don't know. Like both these teams have really good defenses, so the total does make sense. But I don't know why I'm just so fixated on the over today. Yeah, I, I just think that the over there makes sense, and it feels very silly that we're doing an under in the in the back Pac twelve and an over in the big. 12. Yeah, I know, right? We we are we are mixing mixed signals right now. <laughs> we are we, we are about to shoot ourselves in the foot, but I do think that I, I just can't get over both of those picks. Yep, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm we're both we're both in line there. Um, and then of course we have to touch on the fact that UMass. Amherst Minutemen are favored by three and a half over New Mexico. I mean, you should, you must be favored against anyone. Let's, let's put that out there first. Uh, but the I'm not, I, no, no, I, I honestly, I'm going to stay away from this game betting wise, but I, I will hopefully get to watch it. If it's on one of the channels, if it's on ESPN plus, I don't have that right now. So that will suck. But uh, I would like to watch some UMass, even if I don't believe that they are should be three point five favorites against anyone. No, I, I just I, I'm in a full agreement agreement with you over this. I just can't see how UMass can be favorited. I know that 
they're they're not the bottom of the barrel this year in college football, which is a huge win for us. But um, you know, we'll see how it how it goes. Uh, shout out the Renegade Army. Yeah. So, what do you want our big bet for on TikTok to be today? Do you want it to be Colorado Oregon under or Iowa State Penn State over? I think that the more fun game, I, I guess that it depends on what you want to cheer for. Do you want to cheer for points or do you want to, or do you want to just, I mean, I guess you, you always want to cheer for points, right? So should we pick Iowa Penn state? Yeah. I think we cheer for, for, uh, and sweat out, cheer for Iowa Penn state and then sweat out the 70 and a half. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Let's do it. Uh, I'll put, I'll put that up right after the podcast. All right, let's move on to the NFL. So just recap a little uh, of the past week. Uh, Bengals are 0 two after losing to Baltimore Seahawks and lions have another shootout. Anthony Richardson is a rushing touchdown machine when he is not concussed. Uh, CJ Stroud looks like the best rookie quarterback of anyone. He had like 300 something. He had over 300 yards last week. Um, he looks really good for on a bad team. And some of those receivers are actually all right. Like Nico Collins and stuff. Um, Bryce young is struggling very hard against uh, anyone. Cause that offensive line is horrible. He has no weapons. I don't want to, you know, take down Bryce young at this, you know, this early in his career, but he is struggling very hard um, on that bad Carolina team. Uh, Chief Jags was a gross game of poor offense. Uh, both those teams against each other should be putting up major points. Um, and they did not. It was a horrible game. Um, Trevor Lawrence is horrible. Uh, the whole off the, their red, the, the Jags red zone is going to be one of the worst red zone offenses in football. Um, despite having a lot of talent. Um, Bill's right. The ship, Josh Allen was absolutely amazing. P- I think people, anyone that wrote him off or, you know, started shitting on him after week one is an idiot. He has those games. We all know this about Josh Allen. He righted the ship. They're going to be fine. Um, giants have a huge comeback, um, uh, comeback win and then get stomped on Thursday night this week against San Francisco. Um, another comeback was the commanders against Denver. Awesome game. What an awesome game. Yeah. Sam Howell was awesome. I love seeing Sam Howell perform well, but are we sure it's Sam Howell being good or is Eric B enemy just a super genius? Cause that Washington team is putting up major points under that, uh, under that offensive coordinator, Eric B enemy. I'm kind of hoping like riverboat Ron seems like a good guy, but they should fire him and just hire Eric as their coach. Yeah. He is, he deserves to be a head coach more than most, like more than like half the head coaches in this league right now. And he is an absolute genius of an offense coordinator. I think he does. I think he should be the head coach of that team within the next two years. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I, but I also think that Sam Howell could be good. He lost all of his weapons going into his senior year when he was a projected number one overall pick. And he fell down the draft boards because of his poor play. I, I, I mean, I was really impressed with him. I thought he was that guy when he was at UNC his junior year. He came back for that senior year and, and really lost. Yeah, I mean, he lost Javonta Williams and Michael Carter, right? So, like, his, yeah. two running, his two elite running backs. I believe he lost receivers, too. Yeah, he did. But he did have – Is that was Josh Downs there at that point? I don't remember. He he played he, I think Josh Downs was on that team, but uh, still like he wasn't as good as he was uh, when he uh, obviously last year when he played 
with my guy. Um, what's the, what's the guy's name right now? Um, <laughs> what's my guy at UNC's name? <laughs> uh, Brown. No, the no no uh, the, the QB. Oh, Luke May. Luke May. Or Drake, uh, Drake May. May. Drake May. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, another one. Uh, Pats once again. Too many mistakes against the Dolphins. Dolphins are a better team. I think we can understand that at this point. But uh, and the Pats are never going to beat the Dolphins, especially with Tua. I think Tua is five and zero against the <laughs> the Pats. But I think the Pats are not as bad as maybe they their record shows. Um, which I was shocked about. Um, I think they might be able to win some games, you know, as the schedule eases up, but we do have a very hard schedule in general, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to see the Pats, you know, put up some wins. What do you think about the Pats this year so far? They're not that bad. Mac Jones is okay. If not oh, decent, <laughs> he he's making anticipatory throws. He's uh Staying in the pocket, he seems like he's playing tough. They just have no offensive weapons, uh, save the run game. And yeah, I feel know, like Hunter Henry has been our best offensive weapon. Him and Bourne, uh, shout out John Dalton. But uh, uh, I mean, Bourne, Bourne struggled last week. You know, he had a, a drop and uh, just like could, could, couldn't get separation against those Dolphins uh, DBs. It's unfortunate, but I think that the highest ceiling that we have on the, the entire offense is Keishon Butte. And we're going to see, it, it, he, he was inactive last week. It feels like Belichick blames that first loss on him in that drive for not getting his feet inbounds. Um, maybe they're trying to teach him a lesson, but he is the probably the most physically gifted person on the team right now. He's, Juju, he's, the, most, he's the most naturally talented player on the offense. Yeah, Juju probably would have been, but he is—he's just old and and he's and, not old actually in age, but he's old in football hits. I think. It, yeah, he, he, he all part. He struggles to get separation, and I just—I—I—I I, I, I gotta just keep saying it. Devontae Parker sucks. He sucks. He cannot get separation. He is—he makes five catches a year that makes him his contract because he can make contested catches. He yeah. has no route running ability and cannot get separation. He's a horrible route runner and cannot get separation. He sucks. He should, he should put on 25 to 30 pounds and just become a, t- a receiving tight end. Yeah. He, he, or just like he, he, he really, what he, if, if he knew how to run a route, he could be some like Anquan Bolden type thing, but he just is, he, he can't run routes. So he's, he'll never be Anquan Bolden. He was a first first round pick by the Dolphins a few years ago, just based on physical ability and how he was as I believe he was Teddy Bridgewater's guy. Yep. Um, yeah, and then uh, just to touch on the the rest of last week, uh, uh, was it Monday night? Steelers defense just dominates Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson sucks, and it's lovely to see. Deshaun Watson is one of the worst QBs in the league, and it's great. Browns are going to do brown things. They're uh, they're playing. Uh, they're paying that guy far too much money to be as bad as he's been, and it was devastating to see Chubb go down with that that gruesome injury. Uh, and that's definitely going to affect them. They bought brought in Kareem Hunt, uh, who he hasn't was, even signed yet, though. 
who who hasn't signed and wasn't even on a team. So yeah, and that, Ford that, Ford is not Chubb. Ford Ford's very fast, but he cannot break tackles. So he, like he had one, he had like a seventy yard run last week, which is why he had a hundred yards rushing. He on the rest of the runs, he was like. 15 rushes for like 30 yards or something like that. Like he yeah. is not Nick Chubb. Yeah. I just think that, you know, they're, they're not as good as they have been uh, historically with, with weapons. I I'm still very impressed with uh, Cooper. I still think he's a top receiver. Amari Cooper's awesome. I love Amari Cooper. And, and he just can't seem to find a rhythm with any team. He is an all time immaculate grid guy at this point in that you just, He's played for so many teams. Him and uh, him and Brandon Cooks. Yeah, remember how good Amari Cooper was in college at Bama? Yeah. He he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, man. I I I miss the, that those teams. I mean, like if you want to talk about the fun Bama teams, that was that was fun Bama teams. But uh, yeah, uh, I just want to pour one out to Nick Chubb. He's been my fantasy running back keeper for what five six years or whatever. How long he's been in the league? I've had him since his rookie year. And he is my favorite running back in the NFL. I think he is the second best running back in the NFL. I think he is actually the best pure rusher in the NFL um, after uh, before McCaffrey. But McCaffrey's just dual threat ability makes him the top running back in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so let's go to week four and ju- or uh, week three and just do our plus sign hunting. So let me read off Salty's picks um, to start. So Salty. Um, has Pitt plus two at Vegas as his mortal lock. Um, and then he has Saints plus one and a half at Packers, Tennessee plus 3.5 at Browns. I actually agree with him on one of those games, and I am taking Tennessee plus three and a half at Browns as my mortal lock. I have Chargers uh, in the battle of 0-2 good teams at plus and good offenses at plus one and a half versus Vikings. Chargers, I mean, they have to be better than the Vikings. They have to be better than someone. This is crazy right now. And then I'm taking uh, the Rams plus two and a half. I think this Rams team is good. I think their offense is good. Stafford looks awesome. And uh, Puka Nakua, um, you know, one of the unsung heroes, or the, the one of the, I should say, very sung heroes of the early year he is the number one receiver in fantasy football right now i think uh he is leading the league in uh catches he set a record for most catches in first two games ever and not only that but you know we like talking about um like you know a fantasy guy to watch um the other guy was is a tutu atwell the other receiver he's been awesome he is a really good receiver as a as a number two receiver for that team right now, and I I think he he deserves a little credit along with obviously uh, Puka. Um, so what what are your what are your plus side hunting for the week, Tyler? So uh, my mortal lock is going to be Washington plus six and a half versus Buffalo. I think people underestimate how good Washington's been. Their defense is very good, and they're overestimating that rebound from from Buffalo. I think Buffalo has a lot of flaws and Washington uh, will muck up this game. So is that your mortal lock? That's my mortal lock. Okay. Uh, New Orleans plus one and a half at Green Bay. And we're all on the same one, which should be our best bet, which is Tennessee plus three and a half at Cleveland. Okay. Well, then that will be the best bet of the day. Um, Just to recap last week's Tyler hit all three plus on huntings last week for four points. I hit two out of three, including my mortal lock. 
um, for three points. And John just hit his mortal lock of Indy um, so for two points. So Tyler is in the lead to start the year. Um, so good start for Tyler. I'm right on your tail, though. Uh, we all we all got some points last week, so that's a good thing. And yeah, I think we can go to our silly breakfast. Topic. Actually, oh, yeah, actually, we, we have to. We have to go back. We have to pick out our TD score of the day. We can Oh, yeah. We didn't box. do that yet, did we? Shoot. No. So I've got a list of guys here. Um, All right. Let me pull up FanDuel, and uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get some odds. Yeah. So I've got odds on my guys. Do you want me to just go into it, or do you want to Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go, go for it. So the, the players that I've identified are Sam Laporta, plus 240, the the tight end for uh, the Detroit Lions. I, yeah, I just... I, I like he, him. He's, he's, he's really good. He's really good. He gets a lot of targets. He's a good blocker, too. He's a, he's a good true tight end. And I can... He hasn't scored yet. I can see him finding the end zone for his first... That's first funny. I, I have a similar one. I was thinking Dalton Kincaid for Buffalo. Dalton, uh, Dalton he, Kincaid's he, so hard because I think that he's more talented than Dawson Knox. And I think that when in the heat of the game that uh, Josh Allen forgets which one is which, and he throws the ball to, to whatever <laughs> white tight end he has that wears a headband. Yeah. Um, I, I like A.J. Dillon plus 115. Ooh, uh, that's a good one, yeah. Brian Robinson plus 125. Robinson been a machine so far. Yeah, and, and I actually really like that. Um, let's, let's, let's get – so Sam Laporta plus 240. I like that. Uh, Christian and, Kirk plus one sixty five, Justin Fields plus one thirty five, and Trevor Lawrence plus three ten. Those are so you, it the seems Trevor like Lawrence Ross, rushing TD. Okay, Trevor Lawrence rushing TT, TD. I, I mean, I think we take two of these, and and we're both on. So I, I like the Sam Laporta one for a long shot to get to boost the odds, and I think we should pair it with someone who is touchdown friendly with Brian Robinson. Yeah. So that brings us to plus six sixty-five. Um, so uh ten bucks wins sixty-six fifty. I think that's the bet. I think Sam yeah. Laporta to boost the odds. Um and just I mean, th- 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 that team that like they're 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 a passing team with uh with Goff right now. Um so I, I think that's good because Montgomery obviously had the fumble last week and you know struggled and a little bit. Um, they still don't trust Jameer Gibbs enough. So I like the passing attack to score a touchdown. And I think Laporta at the odds is really good. Um, so let's do Sam Laporta and Brian Robinson just to be the trusty touchdown machine. Yeah. I'd say that the only, only other caveat that I'd throw in there is that I do feel like Justin Fields is going to find the end zone some of the, one of these days. And, and I, I mean, I'll, I certainly think it's worthwhile taking it off. I, and, and I just saw that. Anthony Richardson's inactive. So a Zach Moss touchdown is probably in the mix, but I, I think that you're right. Laporta, Brian Robinson book it because Gibson doesn't get any goal line touches and they're not going to run the ball with, with Howell into the end zone. So, you know, there's really only one option. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Let's do it. That's a, that's a, that's a touchdown bet. We'll be posting that tomorrow along with the best bet of the day, which will be Tennessee plus three and a half. All right. So let's go into silly breakfast then. So the silly breakfast topic, Tyler came up with this one. It is which um, NFL position group 
would you be most would you most want to be on a desert island with? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Yeah. So I think that this is a good question because there are probably very easy answers to this. You're like, oh yeah, I'd love to have the offensive lineman, but can you imagine sharing food with the offensive or defensive lineman? Like you've got to share food with these behemoths. And so for all that they make up for in strength, you've, you've got that, uh, the wide receiver and cornerback groups tend to be prima donnas. So do you really want to hang out with them that nope, long? I, that, I, 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 I'm on the same boat uh, on those two. I, I absolutely no receivers, no cornerbacks. And, and then the easy answer I think for everyone would be quarterbacks, but then you would have to be the beta on your own, on your own. Nope, I'm, not, I, I'm against quarterbacks too. So my, my bet is the linebackers. You get strength, you get speed and you get intelligence. They're, they're the quarterbacks on the defense and they seem to be pretty modest. You know, you'd be the beta, but it would be deserved. That's so funny. That's the exact thing I came up with. I had linebackers as well. And I think I, running I, backs are in the same same category. Yeah, yeah. I, I like linebackers because you get someone who is a predator, you know, an yeah. apex predator. You get the apex predator for hunting. Cause you need, you need a hunter on your team. You get, you know, a big, strong guy to be uh, also on the defensive against, you know, whatever wild game you come, come across and wild things you come across and you just have tend to be a brilliant person. So you have someone that can make decisive decisions and lead. Um, and I, like, a, like, I, you know, I, I, I feel I am more of an alpha in general, but I will happily be the beta to, uh, you know, a good linebacker. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm thinking like, just like, like Roquan Smith or something like that, you know, I, just so, someone that will rack up, rack up like, you know, hits and some, someone, someone, that, someone that will take on the predator thing and, and beyond, beyond the defensive. I think, I think mine's Fred Warner, the guy. I oh, Fred Warner is a great choice. Yeah. Uh, but but I think a sleeper pick is the special teams room, the kickers and the punters. They'd just be a good hang. Yeah, yeah. Like just Matthew Slater. Yeah, just – well, he'd keep the morale up with all of his prayers. Yeah, I think Matthew Slater's a good choice because he would just be like – he'd be so he'd be so chill to hang out with, like as yeah. a gunner. And, you know, gunners are, gunners are offensive too. I mean, they, they, they're on the offensive too, so. I'm just thinking kickers and punters too. You okay. can get like a Pat McAfee – you could get one of the like. I don't know if I want to hang out with Pat McAfee, <laughs> Marquise King, all those crazy guys. They'd just be fun to hang out with. Yeah. So I mean, it's not it's not obviously the the ideal one, but it's funny we did end up on the same. I was it's like you know defensive defensive linemen are angry and you have to feed them a lot. And offensive linemen seem to be a little bit more chill, but they will eat a lot. And they're smart. Like they, they, I, don't, I, I think there was a study done years ago where offensive linemen are some of the smartest people on the field. Yeah, but they're just, you know, you got to feed them a ton. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, like linebackers, you know, they're big, they're big boys, but you know, I think, I think they have a little bit of everything. I think they're the most dynamic player on the field. Um, like a good linebacker is the most dynamic player on the field. So I, I yeah, we're lockstep. We're, we're in the same boat. Yeah. All right, great. Well, I think that wraps up the weekend edition of Silly Breakfast. I hope you uh, listen uh, this weekend before the games tomorrow, and we will talk to you next week. I'm I'm just going to guess it's going to be just me and Tyler for a little bit, just as a little clue to all you listeners out there. So uh, 
we will we will update you when uh when we have more information from the salt man awesome all right love you bye